Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another online service from Stableford Baptist Church. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the week, and last weekend particularly. Um, we had a great weekend, didn't we? This morning, we're back into our series from uh, Life-Changing Conversations with Jesus from John's Gospel, that short, catchy title that uh, I'm sure you appreciate. Um, and because we've finished our series in Habakkuk, big thank you to Andrew for that. Um, that was really helpful, wasn't it? Just to see how that is still relevant today and how God still speaks to us and uh, we thank you for that for your ministry Andrew and for last weekend as well I, I you know I can honestly say it did me good uh, I thought it was great all the different things that worked together the church weekend I hope you accessed it and were part of it um, if not and you're a church member you can certainly do that through the website uh, the talks and things are up there so please do make use of that it was a, it was a great time together as a big thank you to the whole team who, who put a lot of time and effort and energy into planning uh, and just so many different people involved, um, even in this Zoom way. Um, there were so many different people leading different sessions. Um, I really enjoyed some of the just the coffee times where we were able to chat and, and think about stuff. I think one was, was planned for about half an hour on Saturday night and went on for over an hour. It was great. And that's a good sign, isn't it, that we can just chat and, and, uh, and see each other in these strange times. So thank God for that. And for, for the teaching we received, we looked at Nehemiah, the whole book, really, um, which was great. Mark did a good job. Uh, just breaking that down for us and pulling the important things out of different chapters uh, to encourage us and help us to see uh, that we're God's people, uh, God's community of people living for God's purposes. And that was a real encouragement. And I hope that that's done you good this week as well. So, as I said, we're back in our conversations with Jesus, life changing conversations with Jesus. Uh, and we're in John chapter four. Katrina's going to read that for us a little bit later. Uh, Abby's going to do the all age slot. So we're looking forward to that as well. Let me just share a few verses um, that I've been encouraged by in my own quiet time. Just wanted to share them with you this morning, uh, just to help us to focus uh, and to think this morning as we come to praise God and worship him together. It's from 1 Peter chapter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. From the dead. Isn't that great? And into inherit and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for us, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Well, I mean, there's so much in there, isn't there? But just take those verses and think about them as we head into a time of praise and worship, as we adore and honour um, and, and give praise to our great God. Let's pray as we uh, think about those things, shall we? Father, we thank you for what it is that you've done for us in Christ. We thank you that we can believe it because he's risen from the dead. We pray this morning that you would feed our faith. Help us to love you more. Help us to honour you more. Help us to give ourselves to you more as a result of what we hear, of what we see, of what we sing, of you speaking to us this morning. Lord, we come with open hearts. We come with open minds. We ask that you, by the power of your spirit, would speak into each and every one of our situations. Help us open ourselves before you, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's sing together, shall we? All praise to him. Good morning. This morning's Bible reading is taken from 
John chapter 4 beginning at verse 46. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee where he had turned the water into wine and there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, You may go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that the boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realised that this was the exact time at which Jesus had told him, your son will live. So he and all his household believed. This was the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed, having come from Judea to Galilee. So I, uh, I've done a few um, spot the differences. I'm sorry, I meant to warn you of that in the intro and completely forgot. Um, but there's, there's three, uh, three different ones that you can find and hopefully I'll tell you them at the end. I'll try and remember. I know I've forgotten before and I had to put another slide up showing you them. But hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be able to have a look at them as we finish. As you'll see from the reading, we're in John 4 this morning, uh, which is a great little, little passage. It's not very long, is it? It's not something that's going to take time. I mean, when you think... This is series is called Life Changing Conversations with Jesus. This is a very short conversation, isn't it? I mean, it's all over in three verses. Uh, this sort of guy comes to Jesus. Um, we're not told what he says. Jesus um, says something. Uh, the guy responds. Jesus says, go. And he goes. And that's it. Um, quite clearly, two men having a conversation. Sounds like a telephone call isn't it? Between, between two men. Uh, and that's what's going on. I mean, when you think of what's already happened, the conversation with Nicodemus, that was a deep theological conversation, the conversation with the woman at the well, where Jesus uh, takes time with her and helps her to understand and pinpoints her deepest need and what she's trying to live for. We don't really get any of that here. So there's not many words in this conversation. Now, I'm not, not going to drag it out. We're going to think about the passage as a whole. And I've got three points for us this morning. Three points. And the first one is be amazed be amazed we're just going to take a bit of time think about jesus the second one is believing is not seeing and the third one is believing is taking jesus at his word believing is taking jesus at his word so those three points so we're going to head straight in with the first point be amazed be amazed now we're dealing with with something incredible here aren't we I mean, let's not miss that. It's easy to do that. It's easy just to think, oh, I know this story, become over familiar. We've heard this before. We've seen it or we're not sure about that particular verse or whatever it may be. And we can do all of that. Of course, I mean, we can come in, we can we can think about the verses. We have to do that. But it's also right sometimes just to be amazed again, like we were at first. You remember the first time you heard a story like this about Jesus and you're sort of thinking, wow. I mean, this is incredible, isn't it? This really is incredible, what happens here in these few verses. I know week in, week out, we, we talk about the most incredible things that have happened in history. 
and, and we delve into them and we, and we bring stuff out and sometimes we can just forget that this is amazing really Jesus is incredible he really is he's an amazing person and we see that here and we see it clearly he's able to heal a boy who is nowhere near the difference between Cana and Capernaum is between 20 and 25 miles that's a long way it's a long way I mean, it would be amazing if he was stood right in front of him. <laughs> and we see that in different episodes in the Gospels, don't we? But he's far away. Jesus just gives his word and it happens. And we see his power. And this is important to us because we live in an age of scepticism, don't we? We want to explain things away. Things that we're not sure about. We don't want people to pull the wool over our eyes and get us to believe in something that's not really true. Quite rightly, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. We do want to test things. We do want to make sure that things are okay. But we need to be careful that we don't lose the wonder of what's going on here. Jesus is different to anybody else that's ever lived. You know, if this happened, someone else told you this story about somebody else, you probably wouldn't believe it. But you can believe it because it's Jesus. This royal official is in trouble. There's something wrong. It's a, it's a, it's a deep trouble. It's his, his son. He's not well and he has nowhere to go and then he realizes he hears that jesus is in the area and he knows he has hope suddenly there is somebody that he can go to and he goes to jesus every now and again i think you know in, in a sermon we we can pause and just just remember who it is that we're talking about and be amazed again at who he is and what he does we could do that every healing we look at we could do it with every conversation we look at because he really is incredible. Have you, do you know that? I mean, have you forgot that? Have you sort of become over familiar? Jesus is ace. I mean, he's brilliant. I mean, he's fantastic. He's amazing. And we see that again here. Just gaze on him, if you like. Think about the things that maybe are familiar, but try and unfamiliarize yourselves with them. Particularly with this little passage here. Jesus has the power to save this boy miles away. Now, this is not make-believe, fantasy, science fiction, exaggeration. This is Jesus. It's none of those other things. Some people might want to put him into them realms, but <clears throat> that's not the best place to put him because he's for real. This is Jesus that we're talking about. This is the Son of God. This is the one who John called earlier in the Gospel, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is Jesus, God's Son. This is the one who has had a deep conversation, deep theological conversation with Nicodemus, who's challenged a woman in a desperate time of her life and now is able to heal by a word. Be amazed, you know, constantly. You know, if ever you're struggling spiritually and you, you've dried up a bit, you, you, you know, you're thinking, you know, it's hard and it's tough and I'm not sure and, and, and things are coming and you feel like you're being battered, get to the gospel again. Pick up a story about Jesus. Don't overthink it, but read it, look at it and think, I know him. I know him. That's the Jesus that I know. 
That's the Jesus that I fell in love with. That's the Jesus that, that I trust and I want to keep trusting. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Be amazed. Be amazed at Jesus. Now, you know, we can't always do this. We can't always take this time to do it in every sermon. But because this is a bit shorter, I thought it was just an opportunity this morning for us to think again. Think of some of the words that he says. Think of some of the things that he does. He's incredible. Be amazed. And of course, that is so that we would deepen our love. We would deepen our trust in who he is. OK, so let's get down to the conversation. Uh, let's think about what happens. I said there's not much, only three verses. But what we see in this particular passage is so relevant for us today. It really is. It's so relevant for us today because the, the next point is this. Believing is not seeing. Believing is not seeing. Jesus' words are important, obviously. Uh, this is an episode of Jesus' ministry that at first may, we may feel like he, he reacts to with frustration. You know, this, this guy comes up to him and he says, can you help my son? And Jesus says, well, unless you people believe and see signs and wonders, sorry, no, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. And of course, Jesus has come so that we may believe. Uh, and, and this idea of these signs and wonders is continually um, coming up in his, in his home nation. It didn't come up in Samaria, did it? Uh, and, and maybe that's a bit of the overflow. Jesus has been sent to Samaria. We see just before this, the, the, the response that he receives, the welcome that he receives, the people that are willing just to, to accept him for who he is. It's incredible. And then he comes back and he feels like that you know, there's this, this pressure again to, to show things. Now, I don't think it's from this person, particularly this, this, this royal official. If you, if you read back a bit, you'll see that he's talking about a prophet being without honour in his own town and, uh, and they are welcoming him, but I don't think they're welcoming him with true faith. That's one of the, 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 the subplots of what Jesus uh, John puts into his gospel, this true faith. But actually for us, this is a, this is a blessing, I think. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. This is a blessing to us and a boost to our faith because we can't see jesus can we we can't see and yet we can still believe and we should believe have you given yourself over to him have you humbled yourself before him do you know him you know there are life-changing things that happen one happens here to this royal official this is a a moment that shakes his his world it rocks him to his core it it, his son is not well and, and it puts everything else into question. Everything else that his life has been built on, the, the security, the safety, it feels like it's, it's not there and it's not big enough for this particular situation. And we can go through those times ourselves. We can have those moments, those sort of life-changing moments where you know things happen and they rock us, they, they shake us. And it's interesting, isn't it, here that the guy goes to Jesus because this is one of those instances. We live in life-changing times. You know, you may be going through some more of them, more than one of them, over these last few months in this COVID situation. Life as we know it has changed. It's been seven months now since I've been able to stand up in our building and, and preach in a well, normal way at the pulpit and, and look at you all. Long for those times. We live in strange times, don't we? Maybe some of the things that we take for granted have been shaken. We can become fragile. And we need to look somewhere else for safety and security. 
and we need to look to Jesus. Just like this royal official does. He looks to Jesus. Jesus is the one that we need to look to. He is the place that we need to look. But we can't see him physically, can we? We can't see him. I mean, we don't even know what he looks like. You may want to look at some old drawings and, and pictures of, of an assumption of what it may be, but we don't know what he looks like. But, you know, John knows that. You know, John isn't writing to people who saw him. He's writing to people who didn't see him. As much to us as in the first time he wrote his letter and he was trying to get it down so that people who hadn't seen him physically could still believe. That's the point. John knows that Jesus has gone up to heaven. He saw it happen. This is years later when he's writing down his gospel. Why? To help people like you and me understand who he is. He says it in verse 31 of chapter 20. This is what he says. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing you may have life in his name. Why John's writing? Because he knows we can't see, but he still wants us to believe. So many have discovered that through this gospel as they've read it throughout the years, throughout the centuries. And here we see this, this royal official and his household believe as well. Because life is given to his son. Oh, doesn't this speak into our culture? Really? I mean, doesn't it? Because we've built up that assumption that seeing is believing. That's what's happened inside of us is this sense of assumption as i said earlier we don't want the wool to be pulled over our eyes we don't want to be uh, scammed conned whatever it may be but seeing isn't believing or believing isn't seeing it's not based on seeing this is a theme in john it comes up time and again i've just pulled out a couple but it comes up if you, you can look through it as you look at it the amount of times i use this word see or seeing it's right there in chapter one and it continues through we pick it up here Unless you people see. And now we see in, in chapter 6 it comes up with the feeding of the 5,000. I always think this is a bit strange, but Jesus feeds the 5,000. And then there's this conversation afterwards. It's the one where he reveals that he's the bread of life. And in verse 30, uh, the people come up to him and they say, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? Now, he's already given the sign. They have seen it, but they won't believe. Because... Believing is not seeing. It comes to a head, actually, right at the end. You know, this is the gospel with Doubting Thomas. This is the one where, because John has been, again, this sort of subplot that's going through, this idea of uh, believing is not seeing. And it comes up with Thomas in chapter 20 and verse 25. Famous words, Thomas says, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger where the nails were, and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. Let me keep on reading verse 26. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. But the next bit is what I really want to focus on. So that all happens this is what John's been leading up to in his gospel. The important thing for us, then Jesus told him, verse 29 of chapter 20, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those 
who have not seen and yet have believed. Because believing is not seeing. That's John's challenge to us. That's Jesus's challenge to us. We can't see Jesus. But we can hear. We can talk. We can take time to understand. We have his word. We have the stuff about him. We have actually all we need. We do. And this story just helps us to see. We don't need to see to believe. Jesus does something for this child. 20 odd miles away and he's nowhere near him. The child didn't see. And that should be an encouragement to us. That even though he isn't here physically, he is here in spirit. With us. And I don't mean in some vague way. I mean Jesus is here now. He's in this room with me. He's with you. The reason that he went back up to heaven is so that he could send his spirit who could be in more than one place at a time. He's, he's everywhere. The omnipresence of God. The presence of God is in this very room. It's in the room where you are. We don't need to see to believe. So if believing isn't seeing, what is it? What is it? I mean, that's a valid question to ask, isn't it? If believing isn't seeing, what is it? Well, we're shown here. There's just a little phrase which helps us to understand. Believing is taking Jesus at his word. Believing is taking Jesus at his word. You see, they wanted signs and wonders and miracles and big things so that they could be sure Jesus wanted them to trust him. They, they should have seen in who he was and the things that he did. I mean, he does tell them a couple of times in this gospel to trust on the evidence of the works that he does. But they just want the show. They don't want the belief. They don't want to push through and think about what it means. So often with Jesus, that's the way. Remember Herod, uh, at the end of one of the Gospels, I can't remember which one now. You know, Herod's given the chance to meet Jesus. And he, and he was looking forward to meeting him because he'd heard about some of the, 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 the signs and wonders that he'd done. And, and he wanted the show. And Jesus does nothing. Does nothing. Because he knows that Herod's not going to believe. Because of what's happened earlier in the Gospel. Believing is taking him at his word. That's what Jesus wants. That's what he wants. You know, we could easily miss this verse. It's, it's sort of in the flow of what's happening in this passage. It's just sort of, it's the next bit. It moves the action on. But it's so important. The end of verse 50. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. He trusted him. He believed. What he said was true. The reason this conversation is so short, it's not because there were two men, that was a joke earlier. It's because this is it. It, it. Jesus gives him his word, the man trusts it, and off he goes. That's why it's so short, because he trusts him, he believes him. He doesn't answer back, he doesn't look for reassurance, doesn't push Jesus for more. You know, how will I know? Or, you know, I mean, do I need to give him some medicine? Or it, nothing. He just believes him. Now, this is incredible. I mean, this really is incredible. Let's just change the context for ourselves today a bit, shall we? So let's imagine that we have an ill child. You find out the, the best doctor in the country that can deal with that child and you go and see him. 
and you get to him, you say, my child is ill and he's going to die, but you know how to make him better. You have spent your life studying in this field. You know what to do. Can you come and see him? If he turned around to you and said, go, your child will live. What would you do? What would you do? Thank you, doctor. That, your word is enough. Is that what you'd do? I'll, no, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. And you wouldn't do that. And he wouldn't say that. He wouldn't say that. He would, well, hopefully he would come and see you and say, yeah, come on, let's go. And yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. You know, get him to me or organize a time or, or whatever it may be. We, we wouldn't do that. We live in a time of second opinions, don't we? You know, come back from a doctor's and you're just talking to someone, how did it go? So, well, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure as I took it seriously. Get a second opinion. Get, get a second. It's your right. You can get a second opinion. Go get a second opinion. We can do that. We can sometimes feel like we're being fobbed off quite easily. We wouldn't say, okay. If he just said, go, your son will love. We wouldn't say, okay. And just take him at his word. That fighting spirit would rise within us. We'd say, well, this is my child we're talking about. I mean, you need to come. You need to see him. Or I need to bring him to you. Something needs to happen. Here, Jesus says, go, and he will live. And the man takes Jesus at his word. Why? Why? Because it's Jesus. It's not the best doctor in the land. It's not the best doctor in the world. It's Jesus. It's the creator of the world. It's the one through whom all things were created. There is something about Jesus. And this guy gets it, this royal official. This is why the hope comes in the first place. He hears that Jesus is in the area, so he goes down and he wants to see him because he's got that hope that this is somebody different. And it is. He's somebody who is different. There's something about him. That's why we're trying to take a moment to be amazed by him again. Read through the gospel and find out all these different things. You don't get this about anybody else who's ever lived in the whole of history. You don't get it. It's Jesus. He is different. His word can be trusted and his word should be trusted because of who he is. And that's what he does. He trusted his word and he departed. Do you take Jesus at his word? You know, we have it here. His word of God. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. We see it throughout all the Old Testament and throughout all the New Testament. We can't see him, but we have everything we need to be able to trust him, to believe in him, to love him, to know him. He took him at his word. Now, you know, just a little aside, I guess this is probably just worth saying um we can't do that when it comes to healing in that that's not the application for us if you've got an ill son you can just say to god you know heal him and i'll take you at your word and that's it i don't think that's what it's talking about and i don't think that's what faith is it's not taking god at his word because god hasn't promised that that's going to be okay we can take him at his promises in his word and we can trust him in his promises in his word and, you know, we may well go through difficulties. We're called to a life that tells us to take up our cross and follow Jesus like he went through difficulties. Now, don't mishear me. I'm not saying we can't pray for healing. 
course we can. I'm not saying that God won't do it. He will at times. And I'm not saying that we just have to live stoical lives and, you know, just get on with it. And this is all going to be hard. There may be times when he gives us great blessings and that's brilliant. But that's not taking him at his word. We need to understand what it is that is communicated in his word. First and foremost, the gospel. He gives us the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is, but the bad news of who we are and why we need to respond to him. He promises that he will be with us. He promises that if we look to him and that if we trust that he died for us, we can know him, that he will forgive our sin. If we completely give ourselves over to him, he promises to be with us. He will be with us as we promote the gospel, and as we take it to people, he will empower us with his spirit to accomplish his purposes. The death that he gave for us, we know will be a change in our own death. We can be with him in eternity. We can be with him after we die because we'll know of what he promises in his word. And he will use us for his purposes. He will empower us and help us to go forth. He will be with us in any and every difficult struggle and situation and every joy. The promise of God to be with us, which is why we need to be continually amazed at the Lord Jesus even though we can't see him we do it is a life of faith can't get around that no point in trying to challenge that that's what it is he calls us to faith he calls us to believe even though we can't see because he's given us his word which we can trust which we can stand on and he's given us his spirit who helps us to know him and understand his word and understand who he is and what he's done for us you know we cannot use the fact that we can't see him as an excuse let's fast forward let's fast forward to judgment day so here we are we're standing before god we're giving an account of our lives and he says why didn't you trust me and we say well i couldn't see you how did i know you was there couldn't see you he'll say that's not good enough you have my word and he is somebody who can back up his word. You have my word. You can take him at his word. We can and we should. It is important that we do so. Like the word of anyone who can be trusted. You know, if somebody doesn't come through on their word, then you don't trust them anymore, do you? You know, there's that, there's that doubt there. But when people always come through on their word, if somebody says to you, yeah, I will do it, they're a person of their word then you know that they'll do it you don't need to worry and god is a person of his word and this man understood that when he looked at jesus was it the way that jesus says go your son will live was it the way that he said did he see something in his eyes did he grasp it you know we know that jesus talked with authority we know the way in which jesus communicated the different things that he did we know that when people saw him um that they saw something different we know that and there was enough there in that communication of Jesus for this guy to trust him and to go. That's why we study, isn't it? That's why we study his word together when we, when we meet. Why it's central to the things that we do because it's so important to us. It, it aids our faith. It boosts our faith. Believing is not seeing. Believing 
is taking Jesus at his word and we have his word. Thank God that we have his word because his word tells us about him. And through his word, we can know him and we can love him and we can trust him. Keep going if you know him in these strange times, maybe life changing times for you. But keep going, keep looking to him. And if you don't, think about him. Think about his claims. His word can be trusted. Will you trust him? Let's pray, shall we? Father, we do thank you for uh, the word that you give us. We thank you for the Lord Jesus, for, for, for that word that comes to us, his word that can be trusted. Lord, help us to be amazed at him again. We pray as we just think of this short story at the end of John 4. Help us to be amazed at who Jesus is. And then we pray, help us to be encouraged, Lord, that uh, we don't need to see to believe. You know, those of us who know him, who know you through him, who have your spirit, we've come to believe by not seeing. And we know the world might think that that's daft and silly, but, but it's for us it's the most precious thing in the world, knowing Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to continue to live by faith, even though we can't see. Continue to trust in your word. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Okay, we're going to sing again. We're going to sing great song, uh, By Faith We See the Hand of God. Before we do that, I just want to point out the three things that have changed. The first one uh, is this tie up here. Hopefully you've seen that. Um, that used to be a candle that was hanging there. The second one is this cushion uh, behind me. It's red and it was brown. And the third one is, you see my golf bag back there. I've changed my five iron and my six iron around. I'm only joking. I haven't. <laughs> you would never know that. There's, there's a little cross on the side there. That used to be a picture. That's the third one. Uh, God bless. Let's sing together by faith. We see the hand of God. Goodbye.